Welcome to Creative Audio Production with your host, Pete Buckwald. At Creative Audio Production, we're seeking to create a community of audio engineers wanting to explore brave new frontiers, to boldly put a microphone where no microphone has gone before. And our creative results may vary, but we will not wallow in our failures, for our failures may prove to be the foundation for future sonic glory. All right, brace yourself and get ready for this episode of All right, well, welcome back to Creative Audio Production. We've been away for a little while. Things have been pretty busy here, which is good for the studio business, but uh, it's, it's taken a toll on other things, and um, this podcast being one of them. Uh, I've had a lot of clients here lately, and um, I'm finishing up a couple of projects, one a full-length CD and another EP sort of a project for local uh, artists here in Denver. So... Um, those will be coming out pretty soon. We're put on the finishing touches, and we'll do some mastering and get those things off uh, onto shiny discs and onto iTunes and whatnot. So um, some of my other clients that are newer are college students, and they're on spring break right now. So I actually have a little bit of a breather to get caught up on a lot of loose ends here in the house and the studio and stuff. So here we are making a podcast, one that I've been thinking about for some time, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I've also been doing a lot of songwriting um, through online collaboration, um, through a couple of websites like songyou.com, and um, sometimes I collaborate through a website called indabamusic.com. And I'll, I'll try to put links to those in the show notes if you're a songwriter or want to try to do some online collaboration, sharing of talents. Uh, some people have a degree of success using indabamusic.com for skills uh, sharing. Like if you can play drums and someone else can play bagpipes and you can work some kind of trade for uh, tracks. A lot of these people have home studios and can record the, the tracks that they want and uh, they can ship it off to you. Uh, a couple of news items before we get into uh, the feature story. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the new toys I've got in the studio here. i got some, some cool things. Uh, the good thing about getting clients in the studio is uh, you sometimes have a, the excuse to, to buy something because you, you need it and or you have been needing it. So and then you have the income from the, the clients. So uh, you end up breaking even, but hey, sometimes that's the gig here. Um, so the first thing I got was Melodyne, which is a pitch correction software. And if you are not familiar with the, the options out there, a lot of people talk about Auto-Tune, and that's that's a great plug-in to, to be using for pitch correction. And a lot of DAWs have built-in correction, like Logic, which I usually use for creative recording and songwriting, um, has, has a, a bit of pitch correction built right in that is, you know, it was really doing the trick for me for the most part. But it does not have graphic editing, so it doesn't have a piano roll, doesn't show where the pitches are on a vertically, you know, pitch-wise where they are, doesn't let you edit them, micromanage them that way, and Melodyne is great at that. I'm going to put a, a link to a video also about Melodyne because I don't know if you know this, but the most recent... Uh, technology with Melodyne, it allows you to take a multi-phonic or a polyphonic sound source, such as an acoustic guitar, uh, 
or a piano, and it can take that polyphonic sound and it can extract the parts. So if you play two or three or six notes at the same time on the, the guitar, it, it can identify those and it can extract them. So if they meant to play an A minor and they played an A major, you have the ability after the fact to go in and isolate that and, and fix that wrong note within a multi-track wave file or, or whatever format you're working in. So the newest version of Melodyne is, is really cool in that respect. The, that, te- that technology is called DNA. It stands for Direct Note Access, and it is pretty cool to, to see uh, this in action. So check that out if you're not familiar with it. It's a, it's a great resource if if you ever need to to fix a wrong note or an out-of-tune string of the guitar that is absolutely bugging you or something. So that's a great resource. Another new toy I got was a microphone. I got a tube microphone. I heard many people talk about the MXL V69. It retails for $300. I was able to win an eBay auction for $120 and a little more for shipping and uh, some other stuff that kind of got complicated with that transaction. He packed it wrong is what happened, and it it ended up opening the case inside the the cardboard box, that, and everything kind of rattled around, and the power supply was damaged. And we agreed that to replace the power supply, I would pay half and he would pay half. It was only a $50 unit, and I still feel like I got a great deal. Uh, Rather than me spending $15 to ship it back to him in New York, it made sense to just pay $25 and to have a working microphone. So anyway, uh, the V69 is a great economical microphone. A lot of engineers rave about this. It's fantastic for vocals, and it has a nice sheen on it that you'd expect from a, a ribbon, excuse me, from a tube microphone. And so if you're looking for an inexpensive vocal mic, uh, this is a great one for your arsenal, no matter uh, what kind of stuff you do. That A lot of people like this for pop vocals. A friend of mine uses it on big-name artists for, for hip-hop and things like that. So the MXL V69, uh, check it out. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes. If you've not heard of Bobby Osinski and... He, he's a fantastic author. He has some great books, interviews a lot of engineers. When, when Bobby puts out a book, it's not just him and his thoughts, which his thoughts are great. He's got great insight. But he interviews some of the professionals that have made the hit records that we've grown up with or uh, we've come to love. And he, he talks to them about what they've learned about recording drums or producing, different things like that. So, so Bobby, check out his books and he has a blog that is very, it, it's, it's of interest to us audio people because he, he posts videos and little articles that are interesting uh, pertaining to the, the field of audio production. And uh, I'd encourage you to check it out, maybe uh, sign up for it. I, I think I follow him on Facebook as well, and he posts when there's new articles up on his blog. But uh, check it out. And they'll, they'll, again, there will be a link in the, sh- the show notes. I believe the next episode of Creative Audio Production will be on something called artificial harmonization. So taking a vocal track, for example, and making backing vocals out of it, 
uh, as a creative technique or to, to add backing vocals to it. And we're going to look at different ways to do that. And if you uh, have some input, feel free to email me if you want to create an example of, of something to, to share with, with our listeners. Feel free to create a short example in audio or video format of how you use some of the, the uh, pitch uh, shifting techniques available in our technology and uh, let us see how you do it. Uh, I think the last piece of news is uh, I'd encourage you to surround yourself in your studio with creative little instruments. And uh, this, I look around my studio now, I see a melodica over in the corner. Up on my left here on the wall, there's a kalimba. And I have a jaw harp. There's a tambourine nearby because that ends up on a lot of productions. Um, I'll, I, I encourage you to just get a ton of of little instruments that can make quirky little sounds in the acoustic realm, not just in the you know as a sample instrument, but find things that you can actually touch and set up a microphone for and record. These can add a lot of color to your production. Uh, before we go into our feature story, I'll let you hear just a little bit of a song I wrote. Now, I'm not the best vocalist in the world as, as a singer, so um, bear that in mind, but I wrote a song for African choir, and I'm not African in any sense of the word, so bear with me there. But I think you can get the general idea, and you'll, you will hear the kalimba and the virtual choir I created with my, my own voice. So this is just me and the kalimba. I would like to clarify that this track, it was a collaboration through an online website called Song You, and I worked with a lyricist. She sent me a lyric, and I kind of took a look at it and um, kind of followed my nose musically and wrote a, a melody and created a track to, to make a demo. So uh, her name is Yvonne McDonald, and she wrote the lyric for this song, and I created the music, and, and here's what we came up with. The sky is looking dark today and clouds have chased the sun away The smell of rain is in the air So find a shelter anywhere Raindrops falling down. Oh, 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 raindrops falling down on me. The rain is falling from above. Raindrops falling down. And whispers of my father's love. Raindrops falling down on me. He sends the rain to let me know. Raindrops falling down. That he will never let me go. Raindrops falling down on me. Oh, 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 raindrops falling down. Oh, 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 raindrops falling down on me. All right, welcome back. And uh, so that was called Raindrop Lullaby written by Yvonne McDonald and myself. Uh, so kind of a gospel, world music sort of idea there. 
and a little bit of a foreshadowing of, of, of a future episode involving artificial harmonization, taking your own voice and then adding harmony parts. I did a little bit of that, at least adding an octave in some cases to get some of those low notes that I can't really sing. So, uh, so that's up with that. So this week, what we're going to talk about is something called binaural recording. I kind of got turned on to this through a YouTube video called Virtual Virtual Haircut. If you've not seen it, definitely check it out and, and put on some headphones for that. And by the way, you, you should have headphones on at this point for the, the best experience with what we're about to hear. Uh, but in this virtual haircut, you put on a pair of headphones and you close your eyes and you, you can hear exactly where these people are in the room. They can be in front of you, to the left, behind you. And you can hear them moving around. So I got interested in trying to do this myself, and uh, I ended up buying a, a binaural microphone set. It's it's from a company called OKM, or, or sorry, that the company's called. I'm blanking on the name. Sound. We'll have to put a list in the show notes. But the the model number is OKM two. And uh, these are basically earbuds that are microphones. So you put these earbuds in your ears or you get a second engineer or, a, in my case, a college student to put these earbuds in. And then you just take advantage of the, the sonic properties of, of their, their ears and their head and shoulders. And uh, it, it helps you to record this thing that ends up sounding like you're immersed in, in the sound and you can hear kind of three-dimensionally a little bit. So that's what we'll be hearing. We did some comparisons. Before I hear the, before I play the examples, I want to explain some of these stereo mic techniques. So this comparison we're going to hear is going to be standard recording stereo microphone techniques versus a binaural microphone. So the, the stereo techniques we tried, one is a coincident pair. This is where you take a pair of identical microphones and you put the capsules as close together as possible. A coincident pair has the capsules as close together as possible. And they're pointing off at angles to the left and to the right of the sound source. If you're recording a piano or a guitar, you're not pointing those microphones right at the instrument. You want to record a broad image to, to capture this uh, this this stereo technique. So somewhere around a 110 degree angle, maybe up to 135 degrees, uh, which is right in between 90 and 180. If you split the difference between 90 degrees and 180 degrees, that's exactly 135. So if that's a helpful point of reference. So it's kind of the opposite of a 45 degree angle, if you will. It's on the other side of the, the spectrum. So We'll be listening to the coincident pair. We'll also listen to something called ORTF. It's has that's an abbreviation for a French set of words, the Organization of Radio, Television, and Broadcasters, or Film. I forget what it is, but it's uh, this one is designed to simulate human ears. So you take the the microphones and you space them out about, I think it's 17 centimeters or something like that, but but the distance between two ears. And again, you're going to angle them 135 degrees. So that's another technique we'll be hearing. 
Uh, I think we'll also be hearing, we might hear spaced pair. I'm not sure if we hear that or not. Then finally, you're going to hear the binaural microphones as uh, they were situated on a college student and another college student walked around them doing a little shaker, uh, you know, percussion shaker. So, all right, well, let's take a listen to these examples. Grab your headphones if you haven't already, and let's take a listen. All right, so here's the first example. This is a stereo pair, and it is a coincident pair uh, technique. So here we go. Take a listen. Good. Okay. Testing. Mike, check. Check one, two, three, four. Check one, two, three, four. Mike, check. Check one, two, three, four. Mic check. Testing the mic. Check one, two, three, four. Mic check. Check one, two, three. All right, so maybe you could hear that there was definitely motion from left to right, uh, but the degree of front to, to back localization seemed pretty minimal to me. I mean, you kind of you kind of heard Stephen's voice as he was not facing you, but you had no idea if he happened to be in front of you or behind you. At least that's the way I was perceiving it. All right, so let's take a listen to ORTF. So this is the stereo microphone technique designed to capture it as if a human were hearing it. So with standard microphones, uh, but set up in um, the distance and angle of, of human hearing. Check, mic check. Check one, two, three, four. Testing, testing the mic. One, two, three, four. Check, mic check. Mic check, testing. And for our final example, we're going to use the binaural microphones. So these were earbuds, but they're condenser microphones in the ears of another audio student. Her name is Mara. And so Mara wore these, and Stephen walked around her with the shaker and, and speaking. So let's see if, um, if you, you can hear a difference here. So maybe in the last example, you heard a difference that it sounded more uh, realistic. It sounded more binaural. It sounded more immersive. And some of the reason is that as the, the shaker goes around, the time that it arrives, those different capsules, is different. It, so with the coincident pair, they're arriving at the same time. There's no phase difference between the two signals. But with the ORTF, it, there's a, a time difference, a phase difference between the waveforms, and, and so that the human brain converts that into a localization. So that's the reason why the ORTF and this um, binaural technique are going to give a sense of immersion, that there's a, a time difference, and um, as the ears and the microphones are pointing in different places, there's different frequency emphasis as well. And, you know, the, the head should filter certain frequencies out as well. So all that kind of combines to help your brain 
feel like it's immersed in the, the sound field in, inside that environment as the, the, the things move around and go to different places. So let's see what this sounds like as we listen to the binaural microphones. Checking the mic. Checking the mic. The, the people mic. One, two, three, four. Testing. Mic check. Check one, two, three, four. Checking the mic. All right. So there's definitely a sense of immersion in there. Uh, that you're in that environment with that sound, and I think that's pretty cool. I've I've gone back and I've listened to the virtual haircut that sounds even more immersive, and I've developed a theory that one of the contributors to this localization is reflectivity of the room. I believe that it's helpful if there's a little bit more reflectivity than what you were hearing in these examples, that 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 the reflectivity is going to help a little bit with recognizing where that sound is because that the direct sound right from the sound source is going to, that sound is going to be different than those reflections. And so I believe the reflection time is going to help identify where, where that sound is. And I, I need to experiment based on this hypothesis, but I'm, I think I'm, I'm right in this. I believe that in a more dead room, it's going to be harder to localize. It's going to be harder to figure out if it's front or behind you. So we'll check that out. Uh, my, I built a binaural head, uh, so you can take these microphones, and instead of having to have a second engineer intern or student wear them, uh, I bought a styrofoam head and let my daughters decorate him, and uh, they named him Clyde. So I, I tried out some samples on Clyde, and uh, here's what the binaural result was uh, in a different room uh, using Clyde. All right, this is a Clyde check I have right in front of you. I'm moving to your left, moving to your left, so I'm totally on your left. I'm sneaking back behind here. Uh, sounds like I just got an email. I'm straight behind you, I'm moving to your right a little bit, gotta go a little closer. All right, so that's that's me walking around. Let's get something higher frequency. Uh, go here, set of keys or something jangly. Not finding that, I could snap. Oh, circumnavigate. All right, so you can hear how this binaural microphone can give you more of a sense of immersion that you're in the environment, a, a three-dimensional space. And I think as recording engineers, that's a unique opportunity that we can use an ambience if we're going to make a film that's going to end up on a lot of computers and people are going to wear headphones and watch these films. If we can record spaces, you know, if there's a conversation on the scene and a 
taxi cab, you know, maybe record it with a, a binaural microphone so that you, that the listener feels very immersed in, in what they're seeing on the screen. Another way I want to try to use this is I want to create a, a mix in a surround sound studio on campus. So take a, a song I'm working on, maybe there's a string quartet, and then I could spread that string quartet all throughout this, the surround sound field, and then I could come back with my, my binaural microphones, and I could record listening to that surround sound mix with my binaural microphones, and uh, that surround system, there's surround reverbs and things like that as well. So it's a very immersive musical production. But, you know, if you just convert that into a stereo mix inside the computer, it, it doesn't really work very well. And speaking of computers, some uh, audio software such as Logic, they offer a binaural uh, plug-in tell you what, I'm, I'm going to take my voice and I'm going to talk and you can hear a little bit of the plug-in and compare it to what we're hearing. So, okay, here we go. So, uh, this is right in front of you, center, moving to the left, moving to the left, on the left, moving, moving, moving to the back. I am straight behind you, as it were, with this plug-in. And now I'm slowly moving toward your right ear. Moving, 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 and I'm on your right. I'm moving, I'm moving back towards center. Here I am back at the center now. So hopefully you get a sense of, of uh, what the simulators can do. I mean, it, it does something. It's certainly not the same as an acoustic binaural recording, uh, but it's another creative trick in, in your for your bag of tricks. So uh, something to keep in mind. Well, that is pretty much all we have. I wanted to get an episode out there while I was on spring break, and uh, I've been thinking about this a long time. I think it's a really cool area to think about and to keep in mind as we try to be creative producers. So shoot me an email. Let me know if you, you try something or you have other stories to tell about this or uh, want to contribute something to the upcoming episode on artificial harmonization. So this is Pete Buckwald in Denver, Colorado, signing off. Special thanks to students Stephen, Mara, Ben, um, who else? Andy, and Jonathan, and all, all the others that I, I might be forgetting. But you guys were of great help, and I, I hope they had fun recording these as, as much as I did. So if you want to reach us here at Creative Audio Production, you can find our website at creative hyphen audio-production.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, become a friend and, and follow us there. And on the website, you can, I believe you can contact me through email as well. So thanks for listening and we will see you next time.